this morning just want to share few thoughts which I was carrying during the last week and God helped me to put things together this morning since we did our last Bible study Tuesday I was really struck with the question as we read from Revelation chapter 7 I'm not going to start the Bible study now, but uh, <laughs> let's read those scriptures. Revelation chapter 7 was, starts like this. After these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, and he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth and sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Again verse 1, after these things I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the heaven of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or any, or on any tree. So when it starts after these things, that means already the six seals were opened and the judgment was poured upon the earth. And before the seventh seal is going to be opened in chapter 8, the seventh chapter is a kind of, you know, sandwich. It's a kind of gap in between chapter 6 and chapter 8. And at the beginning of chapter 7 BC, four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow and harm the earth. I was, you know, really bothered about the question, what are those, or who are those four angels, they are standing at the corners of the earth and holding the winds that the wind may not blow on the earth. In fact, I put the, I, I, I was struck with the question in a slightly different way. Who are those angels, or what are those angels, they are holding the wind in your life and in my life so that the wind will not come and blow me away. The wind will not come and strike me. I was really struggling to find out who are those four angels in my life and your life. And I was asking God to tell me, I don't want to make, go, go to any reference immediately, but I want to know who are those angels. And I was, as I was waiting upon the Lord, God made things clear to me and he gave the name of those four angels. That's what I want to talk about this today morning. It may appear a little strange, it may uh, appear a little disconnect or discreet, but you will see how God is putting things together this morning. The first angel is the angel of prayer, or I don't want to even say the angel of prayer. It's a prayer that people make for you and me. It's the prayer of others. Others' prayer in my and your life. You know, that is something which is important in every one of our lives. 
we need to ask the question who is praying for me is there anyone really praying for me is there really anyone caring about me is there really anyone trying you know or willing or worried about the goodwill of my being my life on this earth and when i really got really deep into that prayer when someone prays for me that is one of the four angels holding the wind and allowing the wind not to blow on my life you know today as we are living in the hard time tough times of the world it is very essential that someone need to be praying for us you know sometimes we may say that no no it's not enough it's it's not required i know what to pray i know how to pray i can pray for my need and my benefit i was thinking about i was you know something like that at some point of time in my life thinking that i know what to pray i know what to ask god and uh, you know i know god answers my prayers and that's enough for me but you know as the days goes by we realize that's not enough you know when paul writes to timothy he is saying in first timothy verse 3 Paul is saying I remember you in my prayer day and night. You know in fact he starts with uh, the, that verse the chapter or that book saying that my beloved son he calls Timothy as his son. And he goes on and he says I remember you in day and night praying for you. You know, when Paul said that he really meant it he really meant it day and night he is praying for Timothy what really made him to pray the burden on Timothy he's a young man coming up in the Lord and Paul is almost about to finish his life for the Lord and he knows God is trusting on this young boy and he is so much expecting great things from this man of God to do in the future in the day the coming days so Paul is saying I am praying for you day and night I thought what a blessed man that Timothy was when such a man of God Paul is praying for day and night for this boy you know it is a blessing if someone can pray, pray for us you know people are you know not easy it's not easy to get that from anybody it's not easy to make someone else pray for us why should they pray for us they have their own problem their own issues to handle why they have to pray for us but it is difficult i was reading about the story of susanna wesley the mother of john wesley and charles wesley you know susanna wesley she was blessed with 19 children and she lost nine children and 10 were mature children they were growing and the way she was bringing up their children it was amazing you know history says every day susanna wesley she she prays for 2 hours every day she has 10 children to bring them up and every day she prayed for 2 hours and the way she prays after this children they go to bed she goes there and lays her hand upon each one of these boys and pray for them and pray for them you know that is the prayer brought john and charles wesley as the leaders and foundation uh, founders of the great methodist movement 
Now, they were mighty men of God, did so many things for God, and you know, stretched out their life, you know, beyond the limit, and they went ahead and established that great movement of Methodists, and so many lives were touched, and being touched, and they were brought into the light of God. Who is praying for us today? Our protection, we today, is on someone else's knees. Our protection on this earth today is on somebody else's knees. We can say that I can kneel down and pray, but that's not enough. Someone else has to kneel down and intercede and pray for us so that the, they may be holding the wind from one corner of this earth in our life so that the wind may not come and blow against us. Someone has to pray. Someone has to stand in the gap. But if we say that, no, 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 it's enough, it's enough, I can pray for myself, I would say it's a foolishness. We need to make, bring people who will pray for us, who will stand in the gap and intercede for us at the time of trouble. You know, that's the reason Jesus, he was always moving with his disciples. You know, why it was required, I used to think about that, why it was required for Jesus to take deep and down his disciples. You know, they were so fragile and so weak and so timid at times, but Jesus was still carrying them wherever he went. He was just taking them together. What really made him to go along with him, along with his disciples. He was depending on them. That's the reason he was telling in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, pray, watch and pray. Even Jesus, God Almighty, he was depending on the prayer of the men on this earth. You know, how much more for you and me to depend on others' prayer in our life. If you remember Peter who was in prison, Acts 12, 5 says, let's read that scripture, Acts, Acts 12, uh, 5. Acts 12, 5 says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Peter was kept in prison and constant prayer was offered by the believers or by the church and you know God sent his angels and protect and he brought Peter out of the prison. Who prayed for Peter? The church was praying for Peter. You know what a privileged man he was. He was in the, you know, bound in the stocks on that night and the church was awake and praying for them. Today, one of the blessings what we can experience as we live on this earth, the church, make the church to pray for us. You know, we go through a lot of troubles in our life. We go through a lot of issues. We face a lot of issues. Put the petition across the church and make the church to stand in the gap and cry and pray for you. That may be the one of the angels in your life. They, he or she may be holding the wind. That's nothing but the prayer of the saints. The prayer of the church. You know, if the church would not have been there on, P on that day, Peter would have really suffered in the prison. The church was earnestly praying for the people, for the deliverance of Peter on that day. You know, church is meant to stand in the gap for the souls. You know, church is not really meant to open at the morning, Sunday morning, and close at the Sunday evening, or maybe two hours down the line. No. Church is meant to be kept open so that people can come and intercede and pray for those who are in need. 
you know that that's a that's a you know, beauty or that's a glory of you know being part of a church that intercedes that stands in the gap you know today believers need to be you know given that kind of assurance that if something happens in my life if i am in need of prayer i can tell to my church and my church will stand with me you know i would say if your church is not standing with you there is no point in depending on the church what else they can offer if not prayer support if not prayer at the time when you know you are in need so we need to you know we need to depend on the prayer of the church because the church is dedicated when talking about the believers they are dedicated they are surrendered to the will of god to be done in their life they don't care what really happens for them because they stand in the gap and intercede for you and me you know that's the privilege to be part of a church who can stand in the gap you know early churches in acts chapter 2 verse 41 if you see then those who gladly received the gospel received jesus christ or received the word they were added to the church thousands and thousands of souls were added to the church on that day and we know verse 42 says and they continued steadfastly in the apost- apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer acts 2:42 and in prayer they were steadfastly staying there in prayer we cannot imagine a church coming and two hours gathering and going away and disappearing everyone disappears you know from that face of the church and they all come back only in the next week we cannot imagine that kind of church on this world church is the one which continuously steadfastly staying in prayer you know i wish every day prayer happens in the church i wish every day people come to this church and pray and pray you know only because we know only prayer can bring something only prayer can move the hands of god so first of all we are seeing the first angel it is others prayer you know god has given such a beautiful such a great angels in our lives they can stand in the gap and pray for us they can be with us in the time of trouble you know prayer is not a prevent it is not a you know corrective measure instead prayer is a preventive measure we need to pray even before things strikes our life we need to pray even before you know things comes come to pass in our lives you know we need to make sure someone is always on the prayer you know that that's a secret of many children of god many ministers of god i i you know i used to hear them saying that first thing i did i would make sure there are enough people praying for me enough people praying for me you know as a man of god as a child of god we are in under stress you know we are under you know we are under we we go through a lot of you know uh, we take a lot of load and we go through a lot of stress at any time you know we are vulnerable to the attack of the enemy we need to depend on the prayer of saints it's applicable not only the, to the to the leaders to the pastors to the believers too we take we go through a lot of things in our lives and at any time make sure someone is praying for us maybe our parents maybe our loved ones or maybe somebody else maybe an unknown person but make sure someone is praying you know you would have heard testimonies people come back and say that 
you know I was in the flight I was in this trouble I was in that particular accident you know but God put that thought on somebody some unknown person and you woke her up and in the middle of the night ask her to pray for something is going to happen in some part of the country but later on when it turned out to be a testimony a, a miracle escape from the tragedy and people will come and testify and eventually they will be able to relate to the person who prayed for you would have come across such a testimonies you know because the prayer of a saint is important in our life you know one of the secrets of our ministry the when we built this ministry it was upon prayer it was on the strong foundation you know that is one of the hope which we have you know the ministry god will lead us and take he will he will take us into different dimensions because it is built on a solid foundation that is the prayer that is prayer you know whether something happens here or not but the prayer is going on day and night from the saints you know as they fall their knees and pray, pray for the ministry god will do mighty things god will we may be weak you know we may not we may we may be worried about how we will move forward in our life but the prayer will carry us through the prayer will take us through into the different levels as we face challenges so first of all the first angel is the prayer he asked the lord what is the who is the second angel the second angel is the holiness of our life second angel the angel who can hold the winds and not allow the wind to blow in our life is called holiness his name is holiness someone said being holy is being safe in the moment we slip from our standard of living the standard of holiness god expects in our lives the moment we slip out of it we fall into a trap of the enemy the moment we fall from that level the standard god sets in our lives the scriptures talks about in our lives the moment we fall away from that we will fall into the hands of the enemy and also it is said allowing sin in our life is a opening a door or a door or a, or a floodgate to the enemy allowing sin in our life it's not just a hole just opening a flood gate so that the wind and the flood will rush through that gate into our lives the second angel who can hold us the destruction to blow into our life is holiness you know holiness is something which is important which not many talk about that today and we need to go to back to bible to study and to know what is holiness what god talks and says about holiness you know in job 31 job chapter 31 verse 1 to 3 if we can read job 31 verse 1 to 3 here job says i have made a covenant with my eyes why then should i look upon a young woman for what is the allotment of god from above and the inheritance of the almighty from on high is it not destruction for the wicked and disaster for the workers of iniquity he is saying i made a covenant with my eyes I made a covenant with my lord lord i will not sin against you 
I made a covenant at some point of time in my life standing in front of the crowd and giving my life to the Lord telling Lord I will walk after you I will follow you now what really made me to sin to fall away from that covenant which I made to the Lord and he is saying he is saying such a person who really slips away from that covenant he is calling him as a wicked and verse 3 is it not destruction for the wicked and disaster for the workers of iniquity you know it is very important that we live a holy life we talk a holy life we walk a holy life it is very very important you know God has not really called us to live and act like the world you know today there is a major you know activity which is going on in the churches and in the world is nothing but in an act as a drama you know a, 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 a film when the film is shooted you know we can see there is so much of action is going on you know that's what is going on in lives and in the churches today people act like the world you know today if we don't act like a world we are not recognized when you go to the club when you go to the you know evening parties and you go to the pub and when they drink alcohol you want to drink at least coke then otherwise nobody will recognize you you act like drinking alcohol because the color appear to be the same but you hold a cup of coke and we act like them those who are drinking wine and just that's one example but there are many dimensions in our life we try to be I try to be why not talk about somebody else myself I try to be like the world and I try to act like the world the way they talk the way they laugh when someone cracks a joke which we don't normally speak at our home but we don't normally talk with our spouses you need to laugh along with them otherwise they cannot recognize you otherwise you you know you are some found something odd there in that crowd and you just laugh along with them you know today God has not really called us to act like the world when we slip away from that holiness we are making room for the attack of the enemy it doesn't really happen to the person who belong to this world nothing will attack him because he is already living in this world nothing will harm him he is happy he is enjoying his world and whatever you know uh, wickedness he can have in his life it will not touch him at all nothing will happen to him but you and I as a child of God when we slip away a little from that standard where God wants us to be you will see the attack of the enemy in our life you know God is telling in Romans chapter 12 too and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed do not be conformed to this world God is that's what he is telling us do not be conformed to this world don't try to be like the world don't try to act like the world there is no point in doing it you know God calls us hypocrites if we do that in our lives and he is saying very clearly don't do not be conformed to this world 
not outwardly even in the pattern of our thinking god doesn't expect us to be conformed to this world our thinking cannot be the same as the way world thinks the thinking of the church cannot be the same as the world thinks thinking of the church should be of godly christ says you need to be a like minded like christ the mindset of in jesus of jesus christ need to be there in our lives in our mind and in job 8:13 he says so are the paths of all who forget god and the hope of the hypocrite shall perish job 8:13 the hope of a hypocrite means when we do double you know act try to be like the world want to be godly but we want to be like the world and god is calling us hypocrite and the destruction the second angel who can hold that wind in our life is the holiness proverb 6:26 to 29 if we can read proverb 6:26 says for by means of a harlot a man is reduced to a crush of bread and an adulteress will prey upon his precious life can a man take fire to his bosom and his clothes not be burnt can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be seared so is he who goes into his neighbor's wife whoever touches her shall not be innocent you know god is very particular about these aspects in our life he is a holy god and there is no partiality in him and there is no margin he allows in the holiness in our lives he expects us to be holy and he saying job is uh, proverb he solomon is saying can a man hold fire in his body in his hands and he can he say that no i am not burned i am not burned i am good i am feeling comfortable it's cold for me can he say that can someone walk on the coal of fire and say that my feet is fine doing good nothing is happening to my feet it's not burned it's not possible we cannot have something hidden in our life and tell that i am godly that's why he is saying hypocrite the bible calls us clearly we are hypocrites we cannot hold some sins in our lives and come and worship the lord and come and praise the lord and kneel down and pray and intercede and god will call us hypocrites and we need to be transparent to god and also to man a child of god need to be transparent to god and also to man to the fellow believers you know that's the reason we need to be with people we cannot say that i can do things by my own no you will fall you need somebody to always to speak to you you need somebody to reflect your characters and who you are on this earth as long as we live on this earth that's why fellowship is important that's why church is important in our lives and god expects us to be holy and there is no margin he allows to the to his holiness his standards are always high always god expects us to be in the his standards 
and that's the second angel that can hold the wind from blowing into our lives you know today who can preach the word of god boldly who can you know share the word of god boldly who can you know lead people into christ boldly who are holy who are keeping their lives holy and if we allow sin little bit to enter even to our mind forget about our body even to our mind if we allow the sinful thoughts in our mind we cannot be used as a vessel for god and god today expects us to be holy to be a vessel which is used which can be used by the master and we need to yield to the call of god in our lives today morning as we listen to the scriptures and ask god lord make me holy give me holiness give me lord help me to overcome from those thoughts in my life give me to lord overcome to those desires in my life lord because you live the holy life help me to lord to be holy we don't want to be hypocrites in front of god thirdly the third angel who can hold the wind from blowing in our life is giving giving or our charitable deeds charitable giving i'm not talking about giving to god give talking about the charitable giving in our life psalm 41 if you can turn with me to psalm 41 here we read from these scriptures very clearly david he says Psalm 41 it starts like this blessed is he who considers the poor the lord will deliver him in time of trouble the lord will preserve him and keep him alive and he will be blessed on the earth you will not deliver him to the will of his enemies the lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness you will sustain him on his sick bed you know who is protected who is preserved from the destruction the sudden destruction and sudden sickness that can come anyone's on anyone's life who is preserved who is delivered bible says the lord will deliver him who who considers the poor who considers the poor god acknowledges our giving our charitable giving as we care for the people who are in need you know in matthew chapter 10 verse 42 jesus says whoever gives one of these little ones a cup of water in the name of the lord assuredly i say to you he will by no means lose his reward you know today the third angel who can hold such winds blowing from our life is our attitude towards poor our attitude towards those who are in need and god wants that to be in our life it is not enough we give to god of course some portion of what we give to god eventually need to be used for this purpose otherwise we are not satisfying that requirement of god we cannot say that we want to give it to god i want to build my church i want to build my church bigger and bigger i want to invest so much in my church and you know make my church uh, you know to up to date technology and all those things it is good but what do we answer for this and god expects us to reach to those who are in need those who are poor those who are struggling those who are you know hungry you know about the story of the rich man the rich young ruler who came to jesus and he said i have been following the law from childhood tell me lord what else is lacking in my life 
If you feel that I need to do something else, I am willing to do it, I am ready to do it. You know what the Lord told him? If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give it to poor. You know that's a truth statement made by Jesus. He told the same thing to that man, the rich man, go and sell and give it, give it to the poor and you will have a treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Well, you know what was the reaction? But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowfully for he had great possession with him. The third angel who can hold us from the sudden destruction in our life, the accidents, the sickness, deadly sickness. If you feel that that sickness should not strike against you, those things should not come in our lives, God expects us to give to the poor. We need to find some way of our income, our money, our, you know, our work on this earth, reaching out those poor, those who are in need, those who are in hungry. On the other hand, we see another man, Zacchaeus, in Luke chapter 19, we read about him. He wanted to see Jesus and the moment he saw Jesus, he found that he is a sinner. He realized that he is a sinner. And he said, look Lord, Jesus, look, look at me. I give off of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore four folds. I give it back to them. In a moment someone comes to Jesus, that's the realization we get that there is someone is in need if we don't get that realization you know there is something wrong we are allowing room for the enemy to strike our life at any moment we are vulnerable to the attack of the enemy at any moment anything can happen you know the third angel who holds the wind from blowing into our life is our giving our charitable giving you know the statistic says every year 15 million children die of hunger. You know when we hear, when I hear these statistics I think I may be able to give $100, $50 what it is going to do for that 50 million to die, who die in hunger. You know one side certainly we need to worry about those who are dying in hunger but more than that we need to worry about our life. How we are going to face that attack of the enemy? How we are going to stand at the time, at the time when we are in the sick bed? You know, Bible says, you will sustain him on the sick bed. You know, who gives the strength to our bones today? Who removes the deadly diseases, you know, without striking from our lives? It's only God can do that. Forget about those who are struggling. We know that there is a need. Let's give. There are 15 million children die in hunger every day. Sorry, die in hunger. More than half of the world goes to bed hungry every night. More than half of the world, they go to bed hungry every night. Malnutrition claims the life of 10,000 people every day. Every day. Every 3.6 seconds, someone dies of hunger. Every 3.6 seconds, someone dies of hunger. The food we throw into the garbage can every day is enough to feed a family of six for the whole day in some other country. The average American dog has the highest protein diet than the most of the people of the world. 
God expects us to give to the poor. Not only that, if we in our eternal need to be safe, we need to give to the poor. If you remember, Jesus said, say, say, said at the time of judgment in Matthew chapter 25, in the later part of Matthew chapter 25, there will be a time God is going to separate the sheep from the goat. If you remember those scriptures. And when he separates the sheep from the goat, and the sheep, are, the sheep is at the right hand and the goat is at the left hand, and God says to the sheep, you will enter into the eternal glory because when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in need of something, when I was sick, I was in prison, you came and you looked after me. And the, the, the sheep asked the Lord, when did we come and saw you? When, see you, when did you, when did we come and, you know, help you? And Jesus said, not to me, to these little ones. You have done something to these little ones, so you can enter into my father's eternal glory and he looked at the left hand side and those that show the goat standing at the left hand side the bunch of people and he told i was hungry you didn't feed me i was naked you didn't cloth me i was in prison you never bothered to come and see me visit me and they asked when did it happen we didn't do anything to you when it happened we did great things for you we achieved great things for you we brought so many souls into the church and we brought so many things into the into your kingdom when did we do all when we didn't do all these things and he said not to me for these little ones they were on the streets and they were crying out from everywhere you never bothered to extend to stretch your arms towards them and jesus says and you will enter into the eternal destruction you know that that blessing of giving blessing of taking care of the poor needy will not settle on this earth it will define it will you know come towards to even to our destiny today the question is what are we going to do and to make that angel to hold that wind from blowing into our lives what are we going to do it is enough to give to the church if we are giving to the church the church has to be extending its hand to reach the poor and to reach the needy and it is a question God is asking every one of us today what are we going to do as a church to reach that generation to reach them out those who are dying the fourth angel who can hold the wind from blowing into our lives is the sacrifice giving up something which is valuable in our life the first angel is the prayer that others can make for us the second angel who's the second angel the second the angel is the holiness in our life the third angel is the giving or the charitable giving the fourth angel who can hold the wind from blowing in our lives is giving up something that is valuable in our life or in other means in other words getting out of our comfort zone getting out of our comfort zone you know how many times God is talking to us we need to get out of our comfort zone and try to do something for God the fourth angel who can hold the wind is our sacrifice you know we hear people say comfort is the enemy of growth anyone wants to come up in your career or in your studies 
you can never allow to be or never allow to be in a comfort zone comfort is the enemy of growth comfort stifles or suppresses your ability to reach beyond your current capabilities you know you can do a lot of things in our life but the moment we feel comfortable and settle down somewhere we are limiting our ability or capability to achieve greater things if you are not if you are too comfortable with your current circumstances you will not want to grow in in order to grow you need to make yourself uncomfortable you know these are the you know if you go to any leadership session or any managerial you know attribute you know class they will teach you all these things if you want to be if you want to show growth in your life you need to you know be in a situation which is not comfortable make yourself uncomfortable your comfort zone can be thought of a circle every time inside the circle is what we are comfortable with everything that is within the circle we are comfortable doing it for example you may be very good at your job we we are very comfortable with our current way of going current way of working our home life is very comfortable peaceful our relationship or anything else that we want to put here we can put all these things within the circle and we say that anything within the circle i am comfortable of doing it i am good with it but you know they say by doing this you limit your capability of achieving extreme things in your life so we are talking about the fourth angel who is holding that wind in our life is the sacrifice giving up something which is valuable in our life you know being comfortable with something means that we don't need to put too much of energy into it to accomplish tasks because they will just fall in place you know why we feel comfortable with this my job is good because i don't need to stay beyond 5 o'clock you know i don't need to take the calls anymore i'm comfortable with my current job i don't really worry about my salary that's secondary but you know as long as i'm not bothered i i, I don't really bother about my job let it keep going i'm comfortable with my job every area we find it comfortable you know a commander of an army of israel naaman he was not comfortable when king uh, when elisha told him you go and dip yourself in river jordan seven times he was not comfortable he was not willing to go and he was saying that what about our rivers we have uh, apna and uh, one more river so we have two different rivers which are flowing in our nation in our country are they not better than the other uh, the river jordan why should i go there he was not comfortable at all and you know god was very particular the man of god was particular you come out of your comfort zone in order to experience your blessing you know there it may be a blessing but we are talking about the angel holding the wind from blowing into our lives that's called the sacrifice going an extra mile going beyond our limits to do things for god and a god expects us to do that you know that's what he was expecting him to go and dip himself seven times then we will see the blessing of god there in philippians paul writes in a beautiful way philippians 121 for to me to live is christ and to die is gain to live is christ and to die is gain what does it mean he was willing to sacrifice to gain jesus christ you know today that is the fourth angel who can protect that wind in our lives 
the sacrifice the going forward taking a step and coming out of the comfort zone to do something for god you know god certainly expects that in our lives the same way he was expecting us to make people to pray for us the same way god expects us to be holy god expects us to give today god expects us to come out of our comfort zone to do things for god you know about the life of nehemiah he was a jew he was thousands and thousands miles away from his own country and he was living and serving the persian king in another foreign country i'm talking about nehemiah the cup bearer who was serving the persian king in a far country and he was living in the comfort of the king's palace you know it's a very easy job it's a very limited circle in which he has to work and he bring and serve the king at the table when the king is dining with you know the his uh, other other leaders he comes and serves it's a very decent job very you know very comfortable job there is no difficulty at all but you know he was inquiring about what is really going on in his own country in jerusalem and you know he would have probably slept in a good comfortable bed and good pillow and had a very good living in the palace but you know when he inquired about what is really going on in the life of his children of his you know fellow believers or fellow members in the country let's read from nagamaya Nehemiah chapter 1 Let's read from verse 2 uh, maybe 2 3 4 It says let's read from the beginning the words of Nehemiah the son of Hekelai It came to pass in the month of Kislev in the 20th year as I was in Shushan the citadel that Hanani one of my brethren came with men from Judah and I asked them concerning the Jewish who had escaped who had survived in captivity and concerning Jerusalem and they said to me their survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned with fire the man who was sleeping on the velvet quilt and the comfort zone the moment he heard that his people are in reproach and in distress and the wall is broken down and the gates are burned was forsake so it was when i heard these words that i sat down and wept and mourned for many days i was fasting and praying before the god of heaven what made him to do that really what really made him to do that in his life he was a man who was living in his comfort zone and he knew very well that his life will not be spared he is not safe if he continue to live in that palace whereas his fellow believers are going through a lot of persecution and struggles in jerusalem and he made a decision i will go there and i will bring deliverance to my people 
people i will go there and i will build the wall what does it say to us today god expects us to come out of our comfort zone just in a sacrificial way to do things for god what about esther esther i want you to read the scripture again esther chapter 4 listen to the words of mordecai as mordecai speaks to esther maybe the final words and he has been giving warning to esther it is your time that you need to react you need to act and he is saying in 4 esther chapter 4 verse 13 and mordecai told them to answer esther do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all other jews for if you remain completely silent at this time relief and deliverance will arise from the jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish where will be the protection we need the wind to be held by an angel we are talking about an angel which esther realized on that day she knew very well if i don't allow that angel to hold, hold my that wind it is going to blow mordecai realized that esther this is your time if you keep silent you don't think that you will escape you will not escape you will perish you know what is the one that can hold that wind in our lives our sacrifice for the lord our extra step that we can take the move we make to come out of the comfort zone that makes a difference in our life that brings a protection you know as a child of god we need to realize that we are not talking about the protection what other outside the world outside the church the people need that may be different but god's standard for you and me today is different and god is saying that make someone to pray for you that's important so let's take the decision decision every one of us need to know who else is praying for you it may not be just one person it can be many and just list it down who are all praying for you and if you don't have enough prayer warriors to support you make them make that happen in your life reach out people and tell them ask them beg them can you pray for me at least two minutes can you just tell my name to the lord every day that will strengthen us that will protect us as we saw secondly try to leave the standard up to god's expectation live a holy life that will give that protection thirdly let's stretch our arms to help the poor fourthly let's know the call of god in our life and come out of our comfort zone and and surrender to the lord and tell the lord lord i am available whatever you are willing let your will be done in my life oh god speak to me and use me in a special way that's what esther did that's what nehemiah did that's what even that naaman he did for his cure on that day a man of god in a dallas office he had a head office in dallas he is sitting at a comfortable chair and reading a letter from his mission field the letter sent by his wife explaining the experience of a native missionary in from the mission field we know in india the northern part of india there is a place called haridwar there the river ganges flows in haridwar and the missionary wrote a letter to this man of god who is sitting or who is in this head office in dallas and he is saying as he says i'm sit i was sitting in a comfortable chair and reading that letter 
and he says the native missionary says he was he went to the place called Haridwar where 35 million Hindus they are supposed to gather together in that place to worship the mother or the river Ganges so people poured out into that place and this missionary he says I was walking on the shore of river Ganges to see what's really going on here how can I go and tell the gospel to these people and as he was going there as he was walking along the shores he saw he says I saw a woman just sitting there on the sand and pounding her breast and crying out with a loud voice and crying and weeping and doing all these things but everybody was taking bath in the river Ganges but this girl was crying and yelling and this man of uh, this missionary was not sure really what is going on by looking at that situation he went and sat with her and asked her what is really going on in her life and he says and she says my husband was struck down with a deadly disease and he cannot work anymore and he was the only income in my family and he cannot work anymore and my elder son has seen all those things in my house and he went away from my house I don't have anybody to care for me and everyone told you need to go to the river Ganges and pray there and God of Ganges will bring healing to your husband and deliverance to your family and I came here and I thought I will make a sacrifice to God river Ganges and if I pray like that my husband may not get cured my financial situation may not be settled and I wanted to make a sacrifice to river Ganges and all that I did I had a baby of six months old and I thought I will throw this baby into river Ganges and I just did that thinking that my husband will get healed I will have peace in my life and she started again pounding on her and crying and this missionary took enough time and he told and he shared he shared the gospel to her and he told very clearly what Jesus Christ can do into your life and she listened to all these things and looked into the eyes of this missionary straight away straight into his eyes and told you could have come 30 minutes before I would have saved my baby why you didn't come 30 minutes before I would have saved my baby you could have come 30 minutes before why are you late and this man this missionary becomes speechless and the man of God who is sitting in Dallas and the chair his knees were trembling and he knelt down and he started crying out to God Lord it is my missionary there in the mission field what else you want me to do I surrender my life and God expects you and me today to stretch beyond what we can do you know we are always worried about what we can do but God expects us to stretch beyond what we can do 
When is the last time our family together we sat together and we had a discussion and come to a conclusion we will live as strangers and pilgrims on this earth with sacrifice with commitments with tears and fasting and touch the last world with our lifestyle and with commitment today God is telling you and me the fourth wind that can hold the destruction from our life is our sacrifice and that's will not do not just in our own life it will help to reach the millions those who are not with Christ and you may have a question what can I do sitting here in this place how do I go and reach that's what God is here bringing us to this place with the mission in front of us with the focus in front of us and whatever we need to do we do here it is going to impact miles across it is going to touch lives miles across I pray that Lord would put that kind of vision to this church not to live in our comfort zones but to extend our hands to those who are living miles apart to reach with them with the gospel on time to stand with those missionary movements and strengthen their work with the Lord and strengthen their work in those mission fields and to support them God is expecting the fourth one for us to ex extend and come out of our comfort zone shall we close our eyes